Hello, and welcome to another episode of Hope Motivates Action Podcast. I am your host, Lindsay Recknell, a workplace mental health professional, speaker, podcaster, and an expert in hope. I consider myself so lucky to share a microphone with the guests I have on this podcast. They show up with such heart and courage, compassion, and authenticity, sharing their stories of transformation or how they've helped others through transformation. With a foundation in the science of positive psychology and a focus on hope, action, and creating a future better than today, I'd love to inspire you towards your own transformation, whether that's in your career, in your life, or even just starting with how you think and show up in the world. Whether it's through this podcast, my Dream Catalyst coaching program, or my many webinars and workshops, I have the best job in the universe because I get to bring you these episodes with these guests and this message of hope. But enough for me, let's get on with the show. I'm especially excited to introduce you to Tina Clem, Program Director for the Calgary Youth Justice Society here in Calgary. Tina proudly calls herself a youth worker by trade and by heart. With over 25 years experience working with vulnerable youth that includes residential treatment, positive youth development and prevention programming, comprehensive sexuality education, and formal mentoring programming. She strives to combine direct service delivery experience with a solid understanding of youth development theories, frameworks, and research when developing and delivering quality programming for youth. As the current program director at Calgary Youth Justice, Tina leads and supports a team of passionate high performers to deliver quality strengths-based programming and drives a strategic change for the organization through innovation, quality, and expanding the reach of their programming. Tina and her team are doing really incredible work empowering youth in my hometown, and I am excited for you to hear more. So let's get to it. Hello, Tina. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Hello, Lindsay. It's nice to, it's nice to be here. Oh, I'm so excited for this conversation. The sort of intro prep call we had was really, really interesting. And I thought our conversation was super hopeful. So um, maybe we'll just start there. Could you share a little bit about who you are, share your story and how you use hope to motivate action in your life? For sure. Um, I always sort of introduce myself, you know, as Tina. um, And I always like to say that I you know, I'm a youth worker by trade and and by heart. Working with youth has always been my passion. And, you know, and a bit of background as to, you know, sort of how I got into this field is that, you know, when I was younger, you know, had some family stuff going on and sort of um, in an indirect way sort of was involved, you know, with social workers and youth workers when, when I was younger. And I don't remember the exact moment, but I do remember just saying to myself that I, you know, I want to work with youth when I'm older so that I can support youth who have gone through some of the things that I've gone through. And I remember, you know, my grade 12, you know, what are my plans for the future? Um, You know, and I said that I was going to go to university. I was going to study psychology and I was going to help youth. And I am super proud to say that for the last 25 years, that's that's what what I've been doing. And so, you know, yeah, for the last 25 years, I've worked with youth in so many different capacities. I've, you know, I've uh, worked with youth in residential care. Um, I've worked, you know, with youth in, you know, positive development programs or early intervention prevention programs. One of my favorite jobs working with youth by far was teaching sexuality education to high school students. Hands down, the best job I have ever had. I know most people freak out and they're like, I could never do it. And it was just 
the most wonderful experience um, of my life. And then, you know, and just doing some other stuff. I worked in mentoring programs as well. And then, you know, had my own kiddo um, and then just realized that, you know, the emotional stuff, the, the energy and that, you know, that I put into working with youth, I kind of wanted to, to keep for my son. So I sort of shifted away from the direct service, but have been, you know, working, supporting other amazing people, you know, who work directly um, with youth. But I always say at the end of the day, youth worker by trades, you know, and by heart. It's it's the only way I describe um, um, who I am. So, Mm. yeah, so that's a little bit about me. Um, And and how do I use hope to motivate action in my life? Um, I think for me, and it's, you know, when when you and I originally talked, I was so drawn to this idea because I didn't know it until probably the last, I would say five, 10 years, right? That for me, hope isn't just about, it's not just a belief. It's not a belief that things, you know, will be okay, things will get better. But I recognized for me, I always had this hope, but I always paired it with very purposeful, intentional actions. You know, again, my my experience as a youth worker, I've certainly worked, you know, hundreds of youth and some of them extremely challenging circumstances, right? And things going on in, in their life. And I've always said that what sustained me is this belief that the kids will be okay, right? Um, but I recognize that, you know, it wasn't just a belief that they will be okay. I had to sort of grasp um, and really hold on to what I was doing when working with youth. You know, the the beliefs that I had, the practices that I did, um, I I think all fed into that. And I learned that, you know, as long as I showed up and did what I could do for these young people that I was working with, that things will be, will be okay. And for me, that's what hope is. It's, you, you can't just have a belief, you have to do things you know, that, that really feed that hope. And it, and it not just, I hope, I hope that it didn't just, you know, feed hope for the young people, but it, it actually fed my hope and kept me going in this field for so long. Oh, so beautiful. So, so beautiful. Um, you're right. I mean, my longtime listeners of the show will know that my definition of hope is that the future will be better than today by taking action over the things we can control. Future action and control. So it feels like we're very well aligned there. I mean, you, you, you can't hope to win the lotto without buying a ticket. True. You know, it's the same kind of thing. There needs to be some sort of action. And you, you also used the word intention, which I also really love because it's, um, it feels like you're, um, aligning to your passion and your beliefs and what's really great for these kids, but also what's really good for you and making choices against all of those things, you know, weighing the decisions against all of those things and being really intentional about the actions you take or the steps you move, you, you take to move forward. Um, that's beautiful. I love it. Yeah. Can you tell, tell us a little bit about the work that you do at the, uh, Calgary Youth Justice Society? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've been with Calgary Youth Justice Society. We call it, we affectionately call ourselves CYJS um, uh, for almost six years now. And I and I always like to sit there and say that um, I stalked the organization for years because I was seeing, you know, what they were doing. And I thought, oh, I just so desperately wanted to be a part of it. And finally, one day, our fabulous executive director sort of picked up on what I was putting down. <laughs> 
account and offered me a job. Um, and Calgary Youth Justice, you know, in a, in a nutshell, it's been around for 25 years. It started off, um, uh, the, the first program was the Youth Justice Committee program. And it's a, it's a program where it engages um, volunteers from the community from all over Calgary to support young people um, who become involved in the justice system. So they've committed um, an offense um, and that they have the opportunity, you know, to rather than going through the for, formal court process, being charged and possibly convicted, has, gives them the opportunity to, you know, be diverted um, and go through a process where, you know, they they are held accountable for their actions, um, but that they learn and, and grow from the experience. So our fabulous volunteers meet with the young person. Um, they get to know the young person. They, they assign them what we call sanctions, which are essentially things that the youth have to do, um, you know, as part of their accountability, whether it's, you know, participate in a leadership program, write an apology letter, do a vision board. Um, and, you know, if the youth is successful in that, then that's where things end and they don't proceed through court. They don't have a formal youth record and they can continue on a positive path um, in their in their life. Um, and then um, Calgary Youth Justice 12 years ago then as well um, started In the Lead. And In the Lead is an amazing leadership development program uh, for for vulnerable youth, and we define those youth as, you know, limited access to um, resources um, um, and facing multiple barriers. These are young people who aren't, don't necessarily see themselves as leaders. Um, other people may not see them as necessarily as leaders, um, but we recognize that all young people, regardless of what they're going through in life, have amazing strengths and potentials to be leaders, you know, for themselves, for their families and peers and for their communities. So we provide them the opportunity to learn about their strengths um, and their leadership potential and, and use that in so many um, different ways. So those are our two programs and we've also expanded in the leads to work with justice involved youth as well because we mm -hmm. believe again that they have amazing strengths um but the great thing about calgary youth justice society is is our mandate which is strong not wrong and that regardless of you know whether it's the justice committee program or in the lead the focus is uh you know a relentless pursuit of strengths um and where Young people generally, when we think about youth development programs, we start from this place of, well, what's not working for you? What's going wrong? What did you do wrong? And how can we fix that? What we do is we start from a place of what is awesome about you? What is amazing about you? And how can we support you to use all those amazing qualities, you know, to, you know, to move forward in, in your life? Um, and so that's just, that's what we do. And so, yeah, I mean, that's why I stock the organization and that's why I'm so proud to be, to be a part of it. Because as a, again, my 25 years as a youth worker, I, I always knew that I had that to do things a little bit differently. I, I, chose to focus in on having fun with the youth, being positive. I just never understood, you know, um, the impact that it had until I started working at Calgary Youth Justice Society and saw that when you only focus in on that, the amazing stuff that can happen. So I'm proud to be a part of it every day. Oh, it feels so hopeful. All of, I mean, it, it, it it was so hopeful when we talked the first time and to hear you say it in with such passion and richness in your voice, Tina, is just, it's so inspiring because I, I can imagine these 
let's say you're the vulnerable youth who haven't had the opportunity. Um, you know, they, they've probably got some insecurities in their lives, whether it's food insecurity, home insecurity, physical safety insecurity, all of these things that are outside of their control. I mean, really they're kids, right? They're, they're not expected to, um, to, rent their own house or house and get their own food and these kinds of things. And so, you know, it, it, it breaks my heart to begin with, but then to think of them having an opportunity, I really like that language that you use the opportunity to, um, really live into and grow into their potential and to their possibility and to have people like you and your colleagues at, and volunteers at the Youth Justice Society to believe in them and to show them what's possible. I mean, that's so, so rewarding. It is. It's, you know, I I used to, when I first started at In the Lead, at, you know, Calgary Youth Justice and In the Lead, I was one of the facilitators, right? So I got to sit down with groups of youth and facilitate, you know, our classes, right? We know where we, the first class, we just sit there and say, what are your strengths? And we have these strengths cards and we lay it out on the table and they start picking them. And when they start seeing oh my God, and I'm this and I'm that and I'm creative and I'm compassionate and I'm intelligent. It's interesting in the fact that as a society, we don't, we don't equip young people, you know, to have the language around strengths. We all know that if we were to ask any one of us, you know, to list your top 10 strengths, your top 10 weaknesses, most people would very quickly you know, list their top 10 weaknesses. I know what I'm not good at. Well, what are you good at? And that's where people struggle and fall. And our young people, you know, at first are like, I don't know. But then when we give them the language, we give them the words and they start picking these cards. And it's like, they've got, I'm like, oh my God, I've got 30, Tina. Of course you do, right? (laughs) And to start from there, right? Where we get them to write it down. We get them to, you know, take pictures so that they, they have it with them at all times. Right. And then from there, we just sit there and say, how do you use your strength of compassion to help others? How do you use your strength of perseverance, you know, when you're faced with a challenge, right? And so they always come, it always comes back to this place of what are your strengths? And when young people know what they're good at, right? Then they 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 can use them. If we don't, if we don't, how can we help young people do things if they don't know what they're good at so that they can utilize them? That language piece is so, so important. Um in fact, that's the work that I do when I'm not when I'm not talking about hope. I work in workplace mental health and we talk about giving people the language to be able to express themselves. Because often we're feeling something or we're behaving in a certain way and we, we, we can't articulate it. We don't know, literally don't know the words to use. And so we just don't say anything at all because we don't want to feel embarrassed or uh, stumble over our words or awkward or any of that kind of thing. So it feels so empowering. I can imagine this situation where you're giving kids things to, to pick from. Cause once they see the words, I'm sure they intuitively recognize what that means and, and apply that to their own behaviors and, and strengths. But literally until they know what to call it, um, they wouldn't feel confident to say those things out loud, I suspect. And sometimes it's also about helping them flip the script, right? Because sometimes, you know, we see stubborn as a bad quality, but, but if we flip it and say, well, stubborn is just persevering or is dedicated, right? And 
And, you know, and when In the Lead in particular was created, you know, our executive director, Denise, said that if we take away, if we sit there and say, take away their stubbornness, we're taking away something positive. We just need to help them understand, you know, that it is a positive quality and how to use that in a really positive manner, right? Um, and so for that young person in class where, you know, you know, we shy is often seen as a bad thing. And we reframe that and say, shy actually means that you are the one that sits back, observes, take things in, and can pick up on things that other people can't. And that's an amazing quality that you bring, you know, to this group and to your lives. And how can you use it? So we we always say strength and weaknesses are two sides of the same coin. So we just help them flip that script so that they can understand, you know, and even take what's been labeled as a deficit and turn it into a positive, turn it into a strength, right? You know, and they've been judged, you know, yes, for being stubborn, but let's judge you for being persistent and how that has helped you and how you can use that in positive ways. And it's amazing when mm, we do that. That is amazing. Um, without, of course, giving away any sort of confidentiality, do you have some stories of transformation that you can share with us of youth that have come through the program? Yeah, a young woman who, um, super, you know, quiet, super, um, you know, anxious, you know, to, you know, to speak, you know, to anybody one-on-one or, or in a group, right? You know, and again, we helped her to understand, right? You know, helped her, you know, identify, you know, yeah, what are your positive qualities? And yeah, maybe, you know, people see you as shy, but you are compassionate, you are intuitive, you are great with animals. And by the time she, you know, finished the program, she was the one who stepped up. We have this amazing wrap-up celebration at the end, right? Where all of the young leaders, we call them and their coaches, you know, come together and share great stories and celebrate all that they've learned together. And she was the one that gave the, you know, commencement speech at this wrap-up event and, and was able to speak in front of a group of like 80 people and talk about, you know, her experience and, and, and what it, you know, did for her, you know, for sure. Right. So we've got those young people who, you know, come out of their shells, they have something to say, those are quite common, right. Where they're like, it's given me a voice and now I can, now I can speak up. Um, We have one young man, you know, who participated in the program, you know, struggled, you know, um, you know, with some negative behaviors, getting involved in the justice system, but again, he started being able to flip that script and see that, you know, you have some positive qualities, you know, started to, you know, you know, be positive towards his peers right in the group um, and now has this dream of taking his passion for boxing and mentoring other youth through that and helping them see, you know, that you have strengths and potentials. And just because you may have made made some negative choices, you now you can you can choose to be different and you can choose to use your strengths in different ways, you know, and turn your life around and then go on to help other people. And we see it on the youth justice committee side as well. Like, right. Like our, our volunteers, you know, that when they're helping a young person and determining their sanctions, the things that they have to do, they do it in a way where the youth, you know, really does get to, you know, do things that, um, you know, that they're excited about, that they can learn from. And we had one young man, you know, Typical story, right? You know, with his friends, you know, just decided to go into the store, you know, lift some lighters, 
right? That kind of stuff get caught. And then getting to know him, you know, he, you know, him and his his dad had shared that they were, you know, exploring their indigenous, you know, roots. Um, this young man, um, you know, photography was his favorite class at school. Um, and he had a younger brother. So what we asked him to do is, is, you know, he had to go and do in the lead, right? Be a part of a leadership program because he was very articulate, you know, recognize quickly uh, that was a dumb decision. And, you know, and, and we knew that he could learn more about himself and his leadership qualities and his strengths. Um, but we also got him to do research in the Indigenous Medicine Wheel and do a, do a photo essay. Um, where he took three, he took four pictures that represented the four, you know, uh, you know, domains on the on the medicine wheel. Um, and then he, you know, rather than writing an apology letter or, you know, or thinking about the negative impacts of his, you know, you know, actions, you know, on the store, we got him to write a letter to his little brother about, you know, acknowledging that I made a mistake. But um, it doesn't define you. And, you know, and why I would not want you to make similar decisions in, in the future. And when we had the wrap up meeting and the young man shared that he completed these things and what he learned about himself and his dad was there. So thankful, you know, um, for what he, you know, what he had done. And ultimately, you know, whether it's in the lead or the justice committee program, that what we I think what our ultimate goal is, yes, they're seeing their strengths and potential. But what we're ultimately also getting them to see is hope for the future. They can see themselves in a different light. And when you can see yourself right? You know, in a different way. And when you can see yourself doing things in a positive way, then you can see a future for yourself. And I really like what you said about, um, one decision does not define your future actions that, you know, you can, um, yeah, that you can, you can, you can make a negative, negative choice and, and have a fantastic hope filled future. Um, because often I think, the default thought, default judgment of society is that kid, you know, shoplifted, throw the book at them, yeah. um, you know, put them in jail. They deserve to be punished. Or there's alternatives. Um, can you tell me a little bit about, like, um, I don't, clearly I'm not articulating my question well, but what sort of have have you seen a change in attitude towards, say, youth that are that are um, coming through the the justice system from society? Do you see that shifting at all? Yeah, I think I think that's ultimately part of our goal as well. And so whether we do hear from our volunteers, both the Youth Justice Committee volunteers and then if, uh, our young leaders in the in the lead are matched with a coach who are on there, you know, who are, you know, learning about their strengths as leaders as well um, through their participation in the program. And we see time and time again. Um, you know, from when they sign up, right, to being like, oh, I'm going to help this young person. I'm going to make a change in their life. Um, and all of our volunteers, after participating in our programs, come back and say, I think I got way more out of this than, than the young people, you know, did. And and yes, the people that sign up, they they come with sort of an attitude that they like young people and they, you know, and I'm okay to hang out with a young person, but I want to change them. Um, and what they ultimately walk away from is it's not about as adults 
changing young people. It's about as adults that we're seeing, that we're helping young people, you know, see themselves differently. And in doing so, you know, our coaches oftentimes after participating or even, you know, our Justice Committee volunteers, they walk away with so much hope, you know, for the future because they see these amazing young people and they say, these are the young people that are going to carry forth, you know, in our world. Absolutely, we're changing attitudes, right? We're, we hope that we're changing the needles for society to see youth not as problems to be fixed, but as, you know, these amazing potential, you know, assets. They are assets to, you know, us and our society. And if we can see them for that, support them in that way, then only great things are going to happen from there. Because again, if all we ever do is see them as problems and manage them as problems, that's what they're going to be. So we, uh, we, that's, that's our ultimate goal at CYJS is, is yeah, we want to help these young people, but we want to, we want to, you know, you know, a society where everybody sees young people as these amazing, you know, with these amazing qualities, right? And and to see them maybe a little bit differently. Reframe that, right? Flip that coin for yourself. Like, you know, sometimes I sit there and see my, you know, my, you know, 16-year-old son is lazy. Is it lazy or is this just a he note he's self-care, right? He's doing what he needs, right? So that he can take on the, you know, the tasks, you know, for the next day. Um, and you must see a like the data must support what you intuitively are experiencing as well. So um, the rate of reoffense, as an example, for youth that are still in the justice system or have been through, the rate of reoffense for those fine folks must be higher than the rate of reoffense for folks that are coming through your program. Yeah, we actually do. Um, you know, we, you know, the youth that come through our Youth Justice Committee program, you know, upwards of 90% or more actually complete the program, which means that they do all of their sanctions and things they're supposed to do. And then from that, we're seeing about, you know, 85%, you know, go on to not reoffend. Cool. Right. And, you know, and in terms of, yeah, and we do know that, you know, if they, again, you know, because they start self-labeling themselves, right? Like, you know what? Yeah. Okay. So I'm an, I'm a criminal. I did something wrong. I'm a criminal. People think I'm bad. So I'm going to be bad. Right. And, and so it gives them the opportunity to see themselves differently and not to go down that path of being labeled and adopting that label, which we know can lead to reoffending. Yeah. Back to reality. So for, um, audience members that are listening and are so inspired and feeling so hopeful, what, what, how can we help? How, what do you, what does the Youth Justice Society need from the community? Absolutely. I mean, first and foremost, we need volunteers. Um, We have been fortunate through the pandemic to be able to shift. We ran everything on online. Um, We're moving back to in-person and we, we grew through the pandemic. So we need more volunteers than ever. We mean we need more youth justice committee volunteers. We mean we need more in the in the lead coaches for sure. And again, the time commitment, you know, it's you know, it's five, 10 hours a month. Like it's, you know, it's really doable. And you know, but I recognize that people have busy lives. So if they can't, if they can't, you know, volunteer their time, donate. Let people know, like if, if you know some amazing people out there that would be great coaches or justice committee volunteers, let them know. But yeah, first and foremost, we need some volunteers. <laughs> and um, are you going 100% back in real life or are you still continuing to do some virtual sessions as well? Um, 
It's a little bit of both. You know, we actually learned, you know, our uh, in the lead program for justice involved youth um, worked really well online and we're probably going to keep it on online at this point in the lead, you know, in, in our schools, the big program, we're going to go back in person um, for sure. I justice committees, we're moving them to, to meet back with the youth in, in, in person. So but a little bit of both, right? So um, we, as we all learned good things from the pandemic, we're going to keep the good things and go back to the things that we liked before. Yeah. Well, and I was wondering, you know, cause I've got listeners on the show from all over North America. And so maybe there's people who are not local to Calgary that might be able to, to support and reach out or, or learn from you and implement where they are or something like that. So, um, that's good to know that they, that there's a few options there. And, um, how do they get a hold of you? Like, is yeah, it- the best way is just our website. Okay. Just go to, uh, Calgary Youth Justice Society, right? Um, and you'll find our website, all our programs there, how to get involved, different ways to get involved. It's, it's, it's all on there. And is intake through the justice system or if, you know, if a listener has a 16 year old that, you know, isn't, uh, isn't doing so well, could they apply for the In the Lead program that way? Yeah, unfortunately, you know, we get that question and we have parents that come like, oh, my God, my kid would be, you know, would be fantastic for this. At this point, you know, I mean, for our Youth Justice Committee program, in order to be involved, youth have to <laughs> you know, commit an offense. That's how we that one works. We don't do that just we to get in the program. We're not, you know, we don't do that. Um, in the lead, um, you know, we we partner with schools um, and community organizations in Calgary and they support us in identifying and nominating the youth. They get nominated, not referred, because we all know referred means something's wrong. Nominated means you did something fantastic. Yeah. Um, right. So they all go through there. But we, you know, we're we're expanding. We're looking at. We know we just want to reach more youth, and so we're hoping in the very near future that yeah, that parents, you know, or young people can even nominate themselves, Amazing. right, um, to be a part of the program. So just Amazing. keep keep, oh, keep I love, watching I, us. It'll be there. <laughs> I love the idea of expansion. That's very very hopeful as well. So Tina, I can't believe we're coming to the end of our show together, but as you know, I ask the same question at the end of every episode and that is, Tina, what gives you hope? You know, I think I was thinking about this and it really has to be the young people um, uh, that, you know, that I, I encounter, that I have encountered, that I, you know, do encounter and that I will encounter. I, again, I've been so fortunate, you know, to be able to keep in touch with some of the youth that I worked with 20 years ago, mm-hmm. um, and to see where they're at, where they are in their life. Right. And just knowing that where they came from, knowing how I supported them. I know I'm not the only person, right? But, you know, um, to see where they are today, it's like, yeah, the kids will be okay. Um, and I do, you know, I get to witness every day these amazing, these amazing young people and the transformations that we see in them. Young people give me hope. I mean, I know sometimes our world and the things that go on in our world can be, you know, challenging, but the opportunity to, to hear young people talk and share. It's like, yeah, you, you, we're in good hands. Mm. That's what gives me hope is, is these young people. I know we're in good hands with them. As long as we do the things that they need us to do, which is to see, you know, their strengths and potential and to really support them in, in that. Amazing. Amazing. Tina, you give me hope. Thank you so, so much for joining me today. It has been such a pleasure to have this conversation. I I truly believe that the fine folks that are listening 
will see their youth in their own lives in a different light to really flip the script, like you say, to, to, to flip that coin and to recognize that some of the behaviors or um, labels that we've put on our kids, on our youth, can truly be flipped the other way and really be seen as and as strengths that can help to guide them into the future and encourage those those strengths in 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 everybody that's around us. So thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. It's been a real pleasure. Wonderful. Thanks so much for having me, Lindsay. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Hope Motivates Action podcast. The science of hope and positive psychology has had such a huge impact on me and my work. And I love that I get to share knowledge, research, and stories from this evidence-based science as well. It is my sincere wish that you hear something that resonates with you in these episodes, that you feel the contagious power of hope and are motivated to take action over the things you can control, all towards creating a future better than today. I have such a passion for this work, and I love connecting with you, my listeners, my clients, and with my guests on this show to help create transformation. Hope is contagious, so thank you for listening, for sharing the podcast with your friends and family, engaging with me through my programs, my workshops, and my speaking. As one of this season's guests mentioned to me off air, if everyone listening could give the podcast a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, imagine the hopeful content Apple would start creating in their podcast algorithm. It's conversations like these that spread more hope and joy into the world. I'm looking forward to keeping the conversation going, so reach out anytime. As always, I'm here if you need me.